This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is brought to you by Yanni and Laurel. And Yanni and Laurel. G'day, I'm Scott. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me, as you can hear, is Andrew Page. G'day, Andrew. Hey, Scott. Hey, Pauls. It's good to be with you guys. So today on the podcast, Telstra on the nose. We're both going to have to wear a bit of uh, egg on the face for that one, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Also, Treasury Wine Estates, or is it the Treasury Wine Glut? Well, it depends who you believe. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Back to the well, Maya is back in the news. Oh, and we're, gonna we're talking have about to, Maya again. We're going to have to do Maya. Okay. And hopefully that'll go for a very, very long time, because if we don't <laughs> run out of time... You're going to have to get on your high horse, and we know that's not a good thing for anybody. Always but, a good thing. But we'll give it a go anyway. So mate, let's kick it off. Telstra, again, this week comes out. Andy Penn, the CEO, mm. says, yeah, so about that broadband business, not so great. Yeah. About that mobile business, not so great. And kind of the rest of the business is not so great. The shares are now at a six or seven year low. Almost, yeah. The what? lowest they've been since about 2010. Uh, mate, what is going on at Telstra? And they were actually, it wasn't that, you don't have to go that far back till it was about 6.50 or so. Oh. So, you know, around about the time Andy sort of took over, things have just gone down south. And uh, well, here's the interesting thing, right? So, um, in their latest update, they've said that they've added uh, more customers, um, 15,000 more, in fact, in the third quarter than they, uh, than they did in the previous one, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, uh, but just the trouble is that the average revenue per user, the ARPU, as we like to say in the trade, has <laughs> dropped by about 3.6%. Uh, prepaid revenues have also declined. So the margins are under pressure. And mm-hmm. the margins are under pressure because it is a very cutthroat uh, industry out there at the moment. There is uh, all manner of uh, competition. And not just the other big ones, the TPGs and the Optuses and the rest of it like that. It, it, there is 180 odd small other players that are in there as well yep. and in fact it, it is it is they have taken a lot of the new customers uh, in recent times as well so in order to compete Telstra has had to slash prices so they've kept market share they've kept growing in fact their number mm. of, of, of subscribers they're just making less per person and that so what they actually said was they actually reconfirmed their guidance from the half year yeah right so that they said a, yeah. you know back back at, at the half year we said we'd make between 27.6 29.5 in total income actually we're gonna we still think we're gonna get around the middle of that yep. as for our EBITDA it's that horrible acronym earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization or operating profit more yep. simply um, we're still gonna come within our we said we'd be between 10 10.1, 10.6. We're going to be at the bottom end of that. Okay. Um, but shares just took a massive dive. So hang on. So they're kind of there or thereabouts. All the numbers are kind of within guidance around well, about here's guidance. The, we've talked before about free cash flow, yes. which is really what, at the end of the day. So that think. was the problem. So so free cash flow actually is going to come in, actually might actually beat their forecast. Oh, so that's not the problem. So this is the actual money that's left over after any necessary capital investments, uh, all the money from your operating um, business. Uh, yeah, it could be in excess of $4.7 billion. And that's the money that dividends are paid out of as well. So where's the bad news, mate? Like, I, well, I take your point about the margins. I take your point about the prices. But they're going to deliver everything they said they were going to do. Yeah, what, it, what's it, the market it, no, freaked it, out about? It is fairly it – is, it is unambiguously bad news. And it's, it's bad news because – this is what these figures, these forecasts are for the full year. And right. it seems as though things have started to sort of deteriorate at a faster pace than many in the market were expecting in this third quarter. So if you roll that forward and then you have that 
trend in place for another full year, it may well be that you know things things are actually down uh, and down by more than what many were expecting. Yeah, as the, the F nineteen fiscal year nineteen guidance that really spooked the market. Right, this yep. is they said, look, it's tough and it's probably not going to get any better anytime soon. Well, and then frankly, FY twenty, FY twenty one, you know, it, it's looking as Buffett famously said, you don't buy a farm based on whether it's going to rain next year. Um, <laughs> you like that one? Don't I, you? I really like that's that a one. new one too from him. I love it. I, he's used a lot of farm analogies, but that that's just a lovely one. Yes. Uh, and he, and just very quick aside, he's talking. Someone was because he's got a. Uh, a, a, a position in Apple, and someone was asking about how many iPhones they thought they would sell in the third quarter. I, said, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> not by. But and again, it's it's very relevant here, and in fact, to investing at large, it's not about what Telstra's margins are in the third quarter. Right, it's not about what they might even be in FY nineteen. And that's like, that's good for you. Brought the tangent back very very nicely. Did for I random did Apple a little story. a little out of control. I was going to ask Liam for a tangent sound at some point, so we kind of yeah sound the klaxon when you're going off <laughs> off script. But you, you bought it, no, you brought it back beautifully. Brought it back. That was good. So, all right, man. So here's what I did this right. morning. I got up very early. Mm, you always get up early. I do. I do. Crazy early. Early. Early bird. Early field catches the water. Can I just say, if something? the sun isn't up, it's night time. <laughs> that's, that's not morning. You oh, can't classify. Mate, it as I, was, I was up at four o'clock this morning. <laughs> so he, anyway, that that's not the story. Except that I got up. I got up this morning. And I I got the, the 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 bowls out and the flour and the and the beaters and I I made us up a nice bit of pie because you and I are going to have to eat. Humble Some very pie. humble pie. I've had enough, thank you. I'm full. Yeah, tell me about it. So we got Telstra wrong, dude. And and yeah. why? What did we get so badly wrong about Telstra? Oh well, oh, this is going to sound so slimy, but I don't know if I have yet. Um, so I, I recommended Telstra. Not a lot until you sell. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, I'm not going to drop okay. that. And that one was definitely wrong. Um, that was too early. It was only like a month and a half ago. We went back to the well, right? And I think we even talked about it on the podcast, which was this idea of taking a very bearish outlook. And I actually said to the members, I, I, I fully expect the dividend to be cut. Mm. In fact, I'm, I'm going to assume that it just doesn't, it's going to, it's going to be cut and then it's never going to grow. I'm going to assume that the business is stagnant and it's going to stay that way forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could still make a case for value. So I, again, it depends on what you're looking to do. If you're out there chasing a growth investment, well, it's not going to cut it for you. But if you're, if you're a, a retiree and you've got some money, you've got a choice between a, an ING account that might give you 2%. Or Telstra, that even with under a reduced dividend, people are now talking about 15 cents as the, as the full year dividend. Right. Let's call it that. Let's yep. say that's right. Um, you're still looking at a, at a yield with a six mm-hmm. in front of it. Plus franking credit. Plus franking credit. Nice. So I kind of think if I can if I can buy my shares for around about three bucks and I can sell them for three bucks you in buy 10 for years time, now. <laughs> give or take. I mean, honestly, if, 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 you're, if the difference between profit and- Yeah, right. Whether we're right or whether we're wrong, it's not whether you bought it at 310 or 280 or 290. I mean, yep. that is just, it is, it is beside the point. Yep. It's, if, this is a, if this is really the basket case people think, then this is, this is, this is $1.80. Yeah, yeah. That's when you get it wrong. Or if you're really, really right, then it's, you know, it's $4. So these, these are just little things on the side. But mm-hmm. my point being is that even if you do that, all you do is walk away with a high single-digit income return. Yeah. For many people, if, if that's what you're targeting, that's actually a decent result. And for someone who runs an income service, I'm pretty happy with that. Now, now that the sliminess is out of the way- <laughs> um, uh, Now you've almost made it sound like you've made money so far. Well, you, look, we are slippery in this industry, you know, so we like to- we like Actually, to- you can't talk about we here, pal. <laughs> I'm just- Throw yourself under a bus, but I'd like to stand on the sidewalk if you don't mind. Yeah, look, it, we, it, it's- Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think when we'll cut this bit out later too. I, I think where we've gotten it wrong is it it may be that that pace of decline is more significant than anyone gave yep. it credit for. Yeah, um, the, the magnitude and the pace. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put my hand up. But we recommended it quite a while ago at Share Advisor. 
And I like and still like very much the mobile business. I think it's a really, really good business, a great business to own. Um, Telstra has dominant market share. They're signing up customers. They are the absolute outright best network. They have the highest pricing. I think Telstra is a good business. It's mobile business, sorry, is a good business. What I didn't expect was that the broadband business would collapse so spectacularly quickly, and that's really what caught me by surprise. I think mm. have my time again. You know, you kind of got the, the, the broadband business going away with the NBN, mobile mm. business growing. Those two trends, I th- I'm pretty sure, are still going to be true. Mm. I just didn't really um, allow for a fast enough decline in NBN. That's what caught me by surprise. So they're building out a 5G network, yes, and that could easily replace the NBN. Right. Let's right. not forget. Um, very or, at least for some people, not not as an infrastructure project, but for some people who would say, well, I'll take the 5G phone rather than a fixed broadband. Yeah, and for a lot yep. of people, it's going to be um, more than sufficient. Right. And, and, and it's it's really sort of um, between them and TPG at the moment, yeah. I suppose, on that front there. there that is, that is, they are spending billions of dollars on, mm-hmm. on that, and that mm-hmm. is an asset that is potentially worth a lot of money, right? Um, not just in and of itself, but of course in the income that it can generate. So I, I, I so here's the question. I, let me flip it back to you. So knowing what you know to know, you, you just arrived on the scene today. Yes, and this is, I guess, the, the nub of it. Would you recommend Telstra now? Yeah, look, I think for I would, new money. So somebody who hasn't yeah. is on the sideline thinking, should I buy it now? Look, it's still it's still the buy for us as share advisor, and and I always reserve the right to change my mind at some point because you know more analysis, more research, more thinking, things change. I still, you know, I, the, the mobile strength that I saw that I still think is true, that still remains the case. And to some degree, I think the, the broadband challenges are kind of now priced in. Now, the market exists to make a fool of all of us, mm-hmm. uh, lowercase f. And so to some degree, yeah, like maybe at some point it, it turns out that I was still over optimistic at 287. Mm. But I have to say the P is nine and a half. If the mobile business is any sort of business, if the broadband business flattens at any point and starts to at least stabilize and potentially grow over time, uh, I I think Telstra is still poised to win in mobile. I think TPG will do very well as well. So uh, that's also a buy for me. I like both of those. I don't yeah. think you have to choose between them. No. Uh, so I like Telstra at the current price. I think at a significantly higher price, particularly with the new bad news, we'd be downgrading it to hold. Mm. Uh, but for now, I think at 287, I think it's a buy, absolutely. How about you? Look, I, I am the same. Uh, again, it, for me, it, you've got to be very clear on, on setting expectations. So what what is your investment goal with this? Are yep. you looking to yep. buy a Ferrari next week? Telstra's not your investment. Um, by the way, if you do have an investment that's going to get me a Ferrari <laughs> next week, please let me know. Um, that's it, Sage underscore Timmy. <laughs> but it's it's definitely not that business. It yep. is, it, it, and I've I've likened it in in the write up to a, a bond proxy. Yep. It, it is it is what you would hope a bond would do: return right, your right. capital pretty yep. much intact with some income along the way. If if that's your goal, I think it's absolutely it it, it deserves a part of a well diversified portfolio. There we go. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Speaking of all diversified portfolios, mm-hmm. as I awkwardly seek to something else, uh, Treasury Wine Estates, the, the name that most people won't know, but I bet you they know the brands, Penfolds, Lindemans, mm-hmm. Wins, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the winemaker extraordinaire, Australia and American winemaker. It was in the news over the last couple of days on the back of an alleged wine glut in China. For all of the Treasury story, it was supposed to be about growth. It was supposed to be about China and the new world and all these great things. 
And it turns out there's more stock in China than maybe the market knew and maybe even the Treasury had told us. This actually us. sounds familiar. Haven't we talked about this before? Uh, Hasn't there been a glut? So remember remember there was a – this might actually be going – the memory starts to fade after 101 <laughs> podcasts, but I'm pretty sure there was a, a, a point mm-hmm. where we were actually talking about counterfeit wine we over in, in China. Correct. Where people were sort of putting the Penfolds brand on there, which, which – you know, actually just keeping the bottles, filling them up again yep. and, and putting the cork back in. Um, so it's it, it's a it, it's one of these things. Whether it's infant formula, frankly, or wine, <laughs> or vitamins, or any number of things, mm-hmm. China is a phenomenally large market, and there is a very rapidly rising middle class. There is more and more money sloshing around. We are a tiny little minnow in the world. So if we can, if, if an Aussie company can start getting a bit of success there, they it is to the moon. Mm-hmm. And understandably, the market got quite excited with Treasury wine. I mean, it went from what thirteen bucks a year ago up to twenty bucks very recently. Yeah. Because this is a very, very real potential. And not just the potential, but actually they were executing, it seemed, mm-hmm. at least for a while on mm-hmm. that. Um, and in, and along that, when you sort of look at that chart over the last year, it's sort of, yes, that it sounds very nice when you say 13 to $20, but, you know, it, it had some pretty big drops along the way, um, as is the markets want. I'm, you know it much better than me, um, but it seems to me as though this could be one of those things where there's absolutely some, some legitimate concern but where probably people are overthinking things. It, it, again, you're not buying the farm because you think it's going to rain next year. Uh, is Treasury still going to be selling into China in 10 years' time? Is the volume going to be materially higher than it is today? Mm. If you are of that view, then then probably nothing nothing greatly has changed. Or am I oversimplifying it? Mate, firstly, you're going to have to pay Uncle Warren a royalty if you keep using that line. That's <laughs> twice so far in the podcast, and I would almost bet we'll hear it at least one more time. At some level, you're going to have to start paying for it. Mate, <laughs> I, I think you're actually right. I think, I think that's exactly the story. You know, To the extent there might be a wine glut there's concerns about you know distributors having too much stock or some stock being caught in customs that can't be sold mm. inventories apparently are rising those things are all absolutely true and i think that's in the short term something that the market is freaking out about and i think unfairly as you mm. as you rightly point out this is a system where you know as you say 10 years from now are there more treasury products being consumed by more chinese drinkers Almost certainly. Mm. And in fact, the high price, high value wines, mm. the, the Grangers that have been 707s, mm. the except, you know, cho- choose, your, choose your poison, those things are in huge, huge demand in China. They will continue to be the case. And, and Treasury's great um, change and the new, the new kind of move for Treasury has been really focused on those premium wines. In fact, they're divesting themselves of the, of the, the bulk volume wines. That was a good they're move. focusing yeah. just on the, on the premium stuff. Mm. And it makes sense, as you say, because the, the, the cost of making wines is incredibly high. Mm. You know, you've got the vines, you've got to grow the vines yourself or pay someone else to do it. You've got the wine, you've got to leave it in barrels, then you bottle it, then you label it, then you leave it around for a while, then you sell it. Mm. Very capital intensive. Mm. And so if you're selling bottles for three, four, five, six dollars a bottle, that's a really tough business. Yeah. If you can sell it for a thousand dollars a bottle though, mm. that changes the story really, really quickly. Yep. So yep. if you're selling Grange and 707 and a whole lot of, you know, high quality wins and Lindemann's products, mm. that's exactly what you want to do. And mm. I think that's, to my mind at least, that's the opportunity. Um, and I think, yeah, look, the other, the other problem for Treasury is unfortunately, um, you know, the PE was pretty high. And so there was a lot expected from Treasury. And so to some degree, we talk about things being priced for perfection, which is a horrible cliche, and we our industry is full of it, mm. um, full of it in general, also full of cliches. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> well, that's something else. Well, that's yeah, so exactly. Sure. Yeah. So, but that's the, that's the story, right? So I think to some degree, the market's overdoing it. Mm. That being said, it was priced as if nothing could go wrong. And so in the short term, you will see that. 
But I have to say, I like Treasury. It's a buy for us also at mm-hmm. Share Advisor. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a really good performer over the long term. If it takes a couple of years to shake off this funk, so be it. Mm. Um, I would, I, well, we're literally betting, at least on behalf of members, that in 10 years' time, this company will be worth a whole lot more than it is today. I think that's a pretty good bet. Mm. Nice one. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. What other woes, what other <laughs> tales of woe can we drag Actually, up that's from why the you're market the, That's this why week. you're the master of the segue, because the, <laughs> this has been a pretty ordinary one, hasn't it? Yes, we're going to have something good at the end. We'll, we'll think of something. We'll find something positive oh, to talk God, about. We're finishing with your high horse. We're in all sorts of trouble here. This could be the pessimism episode, I think. I, I've, got, um, I've got a lovely little penny dreadful <laughs> stock that I've been boring the pants off oh, you. Oh, no. We're not going to talk about that. We are not going to talk about that. We are not going to talk about that. That was up 70% the other We are not going to talk about that. All right. Let's talk about Maya, though. We're talk about that later. We may have to talk about editing a little bit. What are you saying? What goes to where may be very different, Andrew. Let me just put it that way. Um, so Maya has mm. been in the news again. Mm. Now, one of our guys, I'll give him a, give him a shout out, Andrew Leggett, who uh, who managed to make a little bit of money on Maya in the he last did. in the last couple of months. He managed to, to buy it at a very low price and sell it with a bit of a profit, which is nice for him. Yeah. The problem for anyone who's held Maya for a bit longer than that, though, is it's very hard to make money in a falling stock. And Maya, again, has been downgraded by more analysts. People are now talking about the possibility of bankruptcy for the company mm. because it might breach some debt covenants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not going to be pretty. At the same time, though, there's a PE mob sniffing around. So what was interesting, particularly in the week, was that they, they came out and um, they gave some pretty ordinary guidance and the shares jumped <laughs> on the news. <laughs> I mean, it's, it happens all the time. The We've talked about it before, but right? it's, it's very understandable. We all often get questions from our members and from listeners going – can you explain why shares would go up (laughs) on that news? You know, the the simple answer is it was just, well, the market was expecting something a lot, lot worse. As bad as that was, it wasn't as bad and and, and hence hence the correction. And and hence Mr. Leggett's very (laughs) well-prosecuted thesis on, on, you know, it's, we talk about it as, uh, in fact, it's it's a, it's a bit of a cliche. It's p- picking pennies up in front of a steamroller. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's money is there to be had, but if you get it wrong, your, your fingers are going to get squashed. I think uh, that's the yeah, and, and very small amounts of money, right? That's the, the yep. pennies in front of a steamroller. Is yep. you pick up one, then two, then three, then four, and maybe you click try fifty of them. Mm. But if you've got 50 cents and you still got run over by a steamroll, then you're still flat. Yeah. So not much upside, a lot of downside. But if you can do that well, then there is money. I mean, you know, there's money to be made. Ben Graham actually um, uh, kind of did this thing as mm-hmm. well. I remember just buying really down and out companies on, on large scale and knowing that on, on average it would sort of, there'd be some reversion to the mean, a very good strategy. This is Warren Buffett's mentor, the, the father of value investing. So yes, it's, there is definitely credibility to that strategy, but not for everyone. Not for me, I don't think. So Maya fell, SARS fell 2.7% in the 13 weeks to April. Comp SARS fell 3.1%. It might be going to trigger a, a debt covenant. A debt covenant, for, for those who don't necessarily know, is a company basically will, will, will borrow money and the bank will say, you can have this money as long as you meet certain conditions. Mm-hmm. But if you don't meet those conditions, then the debt becomes immediately due and payable. Yeah. And it's almost certain that in those situations, companies can't find that cash or have to refinance at very onerous rates. It's like if you can't repay your mortgage, the bank will come in and take your house. Yeah, except it's kind of a different one, right? So it's like the bank saying, well, you can only have this mortgage as long as you and your partner both have jobs yeah. and as long as you drive a certain car and as long as your kids go to a certain right, school. Right. And if any of those things don't happen anymore, yeah. we're going to demand Even you repay Even if you are able to service the debt. Right. We're yeah. going to make you repay it straight away because yeah. you've broken the deal. One of the conditions was that, that in this case, Maya has a certain amount of sales, a certain amount of profit. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't happen, if they can, as you say, pay the debt, mm. they're still in some trouble. Then Oak Tree comes sniffing around. It might be saved from itself by a private equity buyer. Why would the private equity 
guys be interested? <laughs> We've, I mean, I don't want to rehash the Maya story, but why is it, is it, is it, is it for them a penny in front of a steam? Will they buy it at a cheap enough price? They can put a bit of lipstick on this pig and then flip it, you know, a year down the track. Is, well, that, is that the play? So if any of our listeners remember, think of the name Oak Tree and think it sounds like it might ring a bell, these were the guys who were very involved and made a lot of money on the Channel 9 deal. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, there was a private equity mob that took Channel 9 private. Uh, basically, that blew up. And Oak Tree Capital, who invest in what they call distressed debt, in other words, companies that look like they're almost in trouble, Oak Tree come and buy the debt. If it works out, they take over the company, mm-hmm. refloat it, and they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now, they did that with Nine. Yeah. The Maya story to them will probably sound a little bit similar. Yeah. So, big exposure to consumer dollars, probably an under or badly managed company, depending on which you, your approach is, mm-hmm. maybe some upside here. And frankly, to your point, at some level, when when you ha- when you do trigger a debt covenant, it's kind of like one of those situations where the business isn't always as bad as the debt covenant might suggest. But when the bank's not prepared to lend them any more money, Oak Tree can come along and say, "Well, we'll sort it out for you guys. We'll we'll lend you money when they won't. We'll take our pound of flesh and an ownership stake for it, and then just maybe we'll manage to find a buyer for it in a couple of years' time and make out like bandits." Mm. That was the Channel Nine story, and I would absolutely bet my pound of your peanut that we will see Oak Tree if they do. Mm. We'll try exactly the same story again with Channel Nine. So I always have to end up on, on a, an actionable kind of thing. If you're looking at all of this from the sideline, does it tempt you in? You think, oh, maybe I could buy this and do, do okay if the deal goes through. Maybe there's, there's a buck to be made. Not even uh, with your money. No, I, 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 I knew that was the answer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, of in this kind, of, kind of in the same camp. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Lamb, have we gone long enough to avoid the high horse yet? Oh, no. Yes! <laughs> Actually. Oh, dear, oh dear. Actually, my friends. I, I tried don't... to save our listeners from that. Not only is there time, I think there's all. I... If I'm looking at the clock, there's a good 10 minutes or so to our normal cutoff. Uh, no, no, this is. Settle it's, in this is a, and let me, let me <laughs> paint this is you express a episode. <laughs> well, well, well it's, oh dear. What have I done, Liam? What have I done? Well, I guess I, I wanted to talk about. I, I think I touched on this briefly last week, but there, just, there's, there was so much goodness I wanted to bring it oh, back no. again. I did a tweet uh, uh, last week on Cochlear. Poor, poor horse. Cochlear is, for anyone knows, uh, is one of the best companies on the on the stock exchange. What does it do, Andrew? They make uh, bionic ears. Bionic ears. Bionic ears. Okay. They're, they're, they ear um, hearing implants, yes. and they are the best in the world. Very cool. Bar none. Super cool technology. They, they invented the cochlear implant. So wow. there's an implant inside your head. Mm-hmm. Um, you often see those magnetic kind of plastic things that clip on the back of people's heads. Yep. Bad way to describe it. I can't think of a better way to describe it. I'm medically inclined. Yep. Um, but it actually allows the sound to be processed outside the body yep. and then transmitted through the skin to an implant inside the ear, which then lets the brain effectively hear that signal, which is just really, really cool. Man, you've got to get onto YouTube and and, oh. and uh, search for, um, uh, what is it, Baby Hears for First Time. If, you having a, if you're having a bad day, there is, oh, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It'll bring a tear to your yeah, eye. Yeah. It is just, you, you see this the kid's face who has heard for the first time oh. and then the doctor loses it and the mum loses it. Just, yeah. it's so special. Yeah. So it's one of these- We're com- big sooks, really. We are, we are such softies. <laughs> it's, it's, one of these, it's one of these companies that is not only like just made squillions of dollars yeah. over the years um, but but changes lives for the better it mm-hmm. really is one of these companies you can feel great about yeah um, uh, anyway so they touched 200 bucks a share not nice. long ago and I think that's the first company on the correct me if I'm wrong is this the first company ever on the Australian Stock Exchange to hit 200 bucks a share the best I know I think you're I exactly th- right you know, so it was it was noteworthy Andrew ask me if I've recommended it for share advisor 
Uh, did you recommend it for Sharon? Actually, I did. Yeah. Thanks S- for asking. Scott, ask me if I bought it <laughs> at a ridiculously low price during the recall and then sold it. Did you? Yes, I did. You didn't? Yes, I did. Oh, no. Um, and it's still a buy for us. At here's, yeah, well, here's here is the lesson. So <laughs> I, I I love a good spreadsheet, as you know. Oh god. So I so I put it in. This is going to make this is going to make great radio. So carry, let, me, let me tell you about my spreadsheet. So everyone carry the one. Uh, <laughs> now imagine cell B six. Yeah, imagine B6. cell B six. There was a formula which was <laughs> dear, oh dear. So what was interesting was we're almost out of time, and just what we always hear, uh, and, and rightly so, is you, you will say the, the what a, what a long term success story. Two hundred bucks a share. You know, you could have bought this. In fact, when they had that product recall, mm. which. Um, I think we were both on the record as saying, like, what an opportunity, yep. right? Like the, the, every manufacturer has product recalls from time to time. This I was do. not going to damage the company in any long-term kind of way. So one thing I did very smartly was buy, back the truck up and, you know, buy hand over fist. Well done. And being the long-term buy and hold shareholder you are, you'd still hold the shares. I made a quick 30% and I sold. And oh. I thought, what a genius am I? <laughs> what a genius. Now, if Can't I had done nothing but sat on my big fat, I would yeah. have, oh, right. I would have, I would have made a lot more money. And in fact, I would have avoided a tax hit, uh, would have continued to compound at wonderful rates, would have mm. got a whole bunch of dividends along the way. But here's what's interesting. The, the, what people forget, when you look at these charts, you sort of, you, you bring up 2008 to 2018 yes. and you see this sort of left to you know, bottom left, top right type chart. But what I did on top of that was I, I actually calculated the drawdowns along the way. So this is the fall from top tick to bottom tick as you go along that path. And what's interesting is um, at Sage underscore Simeon, you'll see the chart there. It's, I, don't, I don't tweet that often, so you only have to go back a little way to find it. That's true. Um, uh, it, it shows you just how gut-wrenching that ride was. Right. You, you will see um, at least four or five different 20% drawdowns, and not just the number of, of, of loss. So this is, this is people sitting at a, this huge double-digit loss along the way, yep. but the duration of it. In 2011, you suffered this huge fall, and it took f- four years Four years almost before you made your money back. Mm-hmm. You bought your shares for four long years. They sat in the red, brutally in the red. Mm-hmm. And 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 what most people do... Um, see, I was dumb in selling at a profit. <laughs> but the other way of being dumb is to is to sell at a loss because right. of the loss. Not, be- the short term, not because exactly. anything's changed. Yeah. And, and I think... This is going to, again, sound very uh, 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 like an excuse, but I, I think there might be some parallels with Telstra in here. I think there's definitely some parallels with Treasury Wine Estate where yeah. people people buy for the right reasons and mm-hmm. they sell for the wrong reasons. And, that, and I guess that is a very long run up to, to my rant, which is this you idea- You started yet? This idea that to do well in the market, you need to A, do well immediately, mm-hmm. and B, it has to be significant. Yeah. When when you look at- no, This is just one example out of millions. I just- Cochlear is a nice one, but- you, mm-hmm. you could you could throw a dart at any of the top performing um, stocks or even anything in the top 30% of performance, yep. and the story is always the same. It never went straight up. It went up. It went down. It went way down. It went further down. It stayed down. And 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 all of us get, you know, almost all of us get shaken out at that point, mm-hmm. and it misses it – misses, it, and it's because of that that you really miss the long-term um, opportunities. 
Another quick um, uh, pivot on that. There was an article going around uh, the interweb a couple of weeks ago. We were all discussing it at the time. We were talking about the number of 10-baggers on the stock exchange. Yes. So a 10-bagger is something that's gone up tenfold. Yes. 10x, as they like to say. And you think, wow, some, I buy something some for a do. buck and I sell it for 10 bucks. That is that is some serious money, right? Um, they're great. Just for the record, dude, don't think I haven't noticed you've actually tried to put two high horses together here. Exactly. Just, 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 for the, so, just, just exactly so you know, that it's, been, it's been noted, just so you know. There's a segue here. I will let you go a little bit and then we'll have to wrap you up. So this fund manager was making this point and he said, actually, they're really common. If you go back 35 years, How common, it turned out that one in seven stocks had 10 bagged. That's pretty good. Wow. Wait, wait a sec. Does that mean I've got, if I buy a stock, I've got a one in seven chance <laughs> right. of having a 10 bag? Yes. And no, it doesn't mean that. There's <laughs> there's there's a bit of prob- How could it be? probability theory in there that does, I'm not going to bore listeners with. But but the point is, is it's actually they are, they are out there. Yeah. And in fact, he actually made the point that actually there's a lot of hundred baggers out there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 81 out of the 3,500 stocks tracked over a 35-year period. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's statistically significant, I guess is what you would say. And we thought- Especially if you own them. And so our first reaction was, oh, that is interesting, actually. And then you have pause for thought. Mm-hmm. And then it just occurred to me, actually, if you had done nothing but buy the index over that period, you would have done better than a 10-bag. Funny do, that. Do you know how much it would have been? Tell me. 58-fold. Wow. A 58-bag. In 35 years. In th- actually, so the data I had was 37 or 38, okay. but roughly the same kind of period Pretty of time. Pretty impressive. And, and, and it is f- – so you kind of think – Right. Wow, something went up tenfold. Well, if it happened over thirty-five years, I had a great return. And that's uh, that's a, let's stop there because that's a really important point to make. Mm-hmm. Right, anything going up tenfold, people would fall over themselves to get. Yeah. And yet, the the, the way compounding works is that over thirty-five years, if it doesn't go up tenfold, yes, that's actually a bad result. And and this is why long-term investing is such a powerful thing, and why compounding is such a powerful thing. If you right. want to work that out on a per-year basis, it's about eleven percent per year. Now, if you say to someone, "Hey, invest your money in India," you make eleven percent. Frankly, I am not excited by that. What's the deal? But yeah. I mean, you know, if if, if you've got thirty years to retirement. <laughs> It's a crap load. It is ridiculous. And imagine if you're adding regularly to that pot as well, yeah. how potent, how significant, how just stupendous that is. Can I just, can I put one more tangent in there? Because, oh, because I'm me. Mate, and, the, the stewards have called. And, there is there is animal cruelty at play here. This, this horse has been flogged <laughs> well and truly. He gone, boy. He gone. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Flanagan, you, you are you are absolutely excelling yourself. That is brilliant, Un- unrehearsed, unplanned at least by me. Well, see, now I can flog a dead horse, <laughs> and uh, thank you for that because because that's exactly what I'm going to do oh, right now. Oh, mate, come on, to come flog. On. Here's, here's a little bugbear. Here's, here's a rant. So when you spin, this is the rant. This is the rant. I've lost two of the rant. This, this has all been the setup for this rant, and the, and this rant is, I often, I often, you'll get especially. I'm sorry, baby boomers that are listening, but you'll be like, you, you, this, oh, someone, good. You someone who bought a property good. in 1959 and go, oh, it's gone up tenfold for me. I'm like, well, yeah, of course it bloody well has. It should have. Oh, property, good. There we go. Now we're back. Okay, good. There now we go. All right. That almost wraps. No, that, actually, <laughs> that, that, that does wrap us up. <laughs> that yeah, does yeah. wrap it up. Yeah, but yeah. before we go, don't forget you can. Subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast and you through iTunes. There you go, thank you. Through iTunes or your favourite Android podcast app. And if you do like what we're doing, please give us a fat five star rating. See, I can do it too, Andrew. Fat with a PH, by the way. No, no, okay. No. <laughs> Maybe the way you pronounce it, not the way I pronounce it, dude. A fat five star rating on iTunes, and please tell your friends. I'm sure they could use a little foolish straight talk too. That's it for this week's Motley Fool Money. But Andrew, 
Where can they go to hear a little bit more about us? At fool.com.au forward slash triple M. It feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. I like it. (laughs) Until next week, I'm Scott Phillips. I'm Andrew Page. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.